are loved. We are loved. We are loved by him. He's a good, 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 good father. He's a good, 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 good father. Glory to God. He's a good, 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 good father. And we're loved. We're loved. We're loved. We're loved. We're loved. We're loved. We're loved by him. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good, good father. Yeah. But he's also a righteous judge. He's a good, good father. But he's a righteous judge. And he will not change his word for anybody. What he said he will do, he will do. What he said is right is right. What he says is wrong is wrong. And what he says he expects his children to do, he expects them to do. And if you don't do it, it doesn't change him from being a good, good father. It doesn't change him from being a righteous judge. It just means as a child, just like when you grow up in your parents' house, if you don't abide by your parents' rules, you don't get all the benefits. It's no different with God. And that's the part that so many people miss. They think, I'm a child of God. I can do whatever it is I want to do. Let me let you in on a secret. You can not. Because the moment you said, Jesus, you are Lord. What does that word Lord mean? Supreme in authority, supreme in character. Means he gets the final say, not you. Get over yourself. I'm telling you right now. I was talking to the Father. We've been talking about this all week long. One thing, we bind the spirit of Jezebel. We bind the spirit of intimidation. We bind the spirit of manipulation. We bind the spirit of pride. We bind that spirit of rebellion. We bind that spirit of greed. We bind that spirit of self-centeredness. Now, in the authority of Jesus, Jezebel, you have no place in here. You have no place in this house. You have no place in our families. You have no place in the lives of our congregation. You have no place in, in the households of the people within our city, within our land, within our nation, within our province, within our nation. We bind your operations and we command you to cease in your maneuvers and desist in your operations. We will not tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. We will not tolerate, which means we won't even entertain it. And it's happened in our government. It's happened in our corporations. It's happened in our neighborhoods. And unfortunately, it's even happening in the church. And I'm telling you, in Ignite Depot, it will never be the case. Ever. And guess what? Let me let you know a secret. Jezebel is not a female. Jezebel could be a male, too. But see, that's good, Lord. He says, but there is no Jezebel if there is no Ahab. And guess what God did? He gave, that's why you're saying, man, why won't God have to do something about this? Why won't God do, God gives everybody a, a, a period of time to 
turn. What's that word mean? Repent. But if you don't repent, the righteous judge, judgment will come. Is it because God set it up for you? Absolutely not. But when you get outside of that covering of that umbrella, then you out there on, his, on, on the adversary's territory and legally he has a right. He has a legal right to attack your life. The people think the Bible is just a, a, a book of just letters and just great events, but the Bible is a legal document. And God will not violate his word. He won't. He can't. Because the moment he violates his word, he ceases being righteous and the adversary can accuse him. So, as for me and my house, we will not tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. And as soon as we see it, we gonna give Jezebel a time to turn their ways. But if they don't, like a good shepherd, we will cut their head off. Are you listening to me? The righteous, yeah. The, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn. I have to stand before God and give an account. And I'd be doggone if I'm going to give an account because I'm afraid. But when I'm going to say, I'm going to say what he, thus says the Lord, not what thus says Milton. He was the one that says, it's time to talk, deal with that spirit of Jezebel. Like, okay. We've been dealing with it in private, but he said, now it's time to deal with it in open. We're going to show you how to do it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Ignite Depot. And we're going to set it off up in here, up in here, up in here. Y'all did, y'all been praying this week, right? Y'all did say, God, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word about my situation, my circumstances. And I, I, I'm so glad you've been praying because I'm going to, we're going to jump right into it this morning in the name of Jesus. I got, a, I got, I got an illustration I'm going to share with you all at the end that's going to show you about how you can have sheeps, wolves, and goats. Sheeps, wolves, and goats. Are you ready? All righty then. Well, we're going to start at 1 Corinthians, and then we're going to make a declaration, and then we're going to jump right in. Are you ready? Welcome to Celebration Sunday. This is the Sunday in which Jesus came riding in victoriously he didn't come into the city looking for victory he came into the city already from a position of victory he already knew what the outcome was going to be just like i already know after we pray after we preach this word today i already know what the outcome is going to be i already know i was up with the father this morning five o'clock we talked about it i already know and guess what i'm okay with it So here we go. First Corinthians chapter two, verse number two. Father, we give you glory on and praise. We thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. 
you're already here, moving up and down each and every hourway, touching each person, touching each and every household. Lives will be changed forever as a result of this word. And Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I make this declaration that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has anointed me and has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they, who, those who the spirit of the Lord rest upon, shall build up the old waste, and they, who those who the spirit of the Lord rest upon shall raise up the former desolations and they who shall those who the spirit of the Lord rest upon shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Now, I was reading this morning and the father said this. He says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And when the spirit of the Lord is upon you and when the spirit of the Lord is on the inside of you, guess what it should bring? Every day it should be bringing about transformation, 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 transformation to what? To the image of the one who you are in and his name is Jesus. So if you are born again, how many born again people I have in the house? You know, sure enough, you're born again. Then I'm talking to you this morning. The spirit of the Lord, where the, the father says, and in his word, he says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is deliverance. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's transformation. Is that in your Bible? 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And the reason why I'm saying is it in your Bible is because I'm believing God for a revival of the Bible because the reason why so many people are getting lumped upside their head is because they don't know what the Bible says. So when they get in a fight, they have no ammunition to fight against the adversary. No ammunition. You getting beat up left, right, and center, and you wonder why, Lord, what the, what the problem is? God says, when's the last time you cracked open your own Bible and found out what it is I had to say to you about your situation and circumstance? Not what somebody else said, what I said to you. Are y'all ready? Here we go. This is my prayer each time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2 says this, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and trembling. And my message and my preaching were not with enticing with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power. So that your faith not, would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What's your faith supposed to lie in? The wisdom of men and the power of God. So if my faith is supposed to rest in the dudamous miracle working power of God, why is my why is my faith 
why you see so many people's faith being lean, dependent on what another man says. Now, I'm not even talking about another man, stand, a woman standing behind the pulpit. I'm talking about just another person is saying people have more faith and confidence in what people say outside of the, outside of the word than they have in what it is the word says itself. How do you know? Because if you, if you have more faith and confidence in what it is that the word says, your life will be much different. I don't even have to go home with you. All I got to do is stand around and listen to your conversation for about five minutes and I can locate you. I can locate. You can talk out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. I, I am not moved by that. Because God looks at the intents of your heart, not your actions. God said, I believe it's the book of uh, Jeremiah says, your lips talk like you with me, but your heart is far from me. Which you're, you're giving me a whole bunch of lip service, but your heart is far from me. And he was talking about people he was in covenant with. So he says this, he says, so that your faith will not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet, as you were, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this current age, not of this world. Did y'all hear that part? When you're speaking wisdom with your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, your wisdom should not be wisdom of this current age. But every time, I mean, it without fail, whether I'm here, whether I'm in, in with other leaders or whether I'm in, in, all I hear is the world's wisdom, world's wisdom, world's wisdom. And I always ask them the same question. I heard what you said about that, but what does the Bible say about that? And everybody goes, what does the Bible say about it? What did God say? About, what did God say to you about it? Don't tell me what somebody else said and you parroted it to me what they said. What did God say to you? Do I have your attention? Does God have your attention? He says, we speak the wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers, our leaders, our governments, medical facilities of this age who whose knowledge is passing away but we speak God's wisdom we speak God's wisdom in a mystery when are we speaking God's wisdom what am I doing and according to first Corinthians chapter 14 I'm praying about situations and circumstances which I do not know what to do anybody have one of those situations this week you had a situation you did not know what to do you call me you know what I start doing father I pray concerning this individual give them wisdom Give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. Why? Not the wisdom of this age, not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of God, which sees beyond what it is that you can see. Do you want God's results or not? Anybody want God's results? When you want to start doing it God's way. Because to this point, a lot of people in the body of Christ are not doing it God's way. And you're frustrated and you're discouraged and you're mad and you think you just kick it. 
and that's gonna get it done. It's not gonna get it done. Only thing you're gonna do is make a, make a, make a, you just look like somebody who's out of control. Am I reading the Bible? Am I making it up? Because it's not Milt's opinion. It's what the word says. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined for the ages to our glory. So God did it for our benefit. The wisdom which none of the rulers, our governors, our prime ministers, our presidents, our congressmen, our representatives, our MPs, our doctors, they don't have the same wisdom if they don't have the same thing you got. So why are you expecting them to respond like the word if they don't even know what the word is? How are they going to respond with the wisdom of God if they don't even know what the wisdom of God is? Anybody? And all we're talking to them about is facts, 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 facts of this age. And God says, I got a wisdom that's greater. Am I reading the word? It's in your Bible. All right. I just want I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. He said this. He says, he says, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they understood the wisdom of God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So if they understood the wisdom of God, they would not pass this bill. If they understood the wisdom of God, they would not say, hey, it's okay if somebody has a mental health issue and hey, if they will feel like they want to die today, then it's okay to euthanize them because they're caught up in their emotions for that one moment. But five days later, they changed their mind. Guess what? Too late. They've already done it. So whose wisdom are you going to live by? Because people keep telling me, I'm going to, I'm, Lord, I'm submitted to you. Lord, I'm surrendered to you. Lord, you have your way in me. And I'm going to, I'm, I, I, we're going to locate you today. But it is written, things which eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love them. And most people read that chapter, read that verse right there, and they stop right there. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love them. Woo! Woo! It's, it's past my finding out. I just don't know what the Lord wants me to do. Well, I'm going to locate you again today. Because if you read one more verse down, it says, for to us, God has revealed them. How? Through the Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. He says, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depth of God. So who? Somebody could say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither entered into the heart of man at any time. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. And yes, amen, glory be to God. But he says, but I've revealed them to you. And I've revealed them to you by my Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Well, glory to God, I'm just getting warmed up. Now, the word of the Lord came this week. He says this, I'm riding to the gym on Thursday. Just came out of time of prayer with the Father. Minding my own little business. 
And this is what he said. He said, living your life by prophecy alone is like living life on, a, on highlight reels and selfie pics. I'm like, what? He says, living your life by prophecy alone is like living your life on highlight reels and selfie pics. Anybody know what a highlight reel is? That's when they show you all the, all the, you know, if it's a sport event, when you see somebody make this incredible touchdown and everything, he makes this incredible catch and all that. And y'all, woo, that's woo, woo, that's great. But you don't know that he had missed like five, 10 catches before that, but before he made that one catch. Or those selfies that you cut, you cut on Facebook or Instagram and, and they all posted up and and they go, oh, their life just looks so perfect, but you don't realize it took them 25 takes to get that one picture. It's a snapshot. He says this, he says, it only gives a snapshot in time, but doesn't show anyone how to get the same results. He says, I never said live by prophecy. He says, but to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, and I'm not telling you to despise prophecy for it has its place, but that not that's not the main way in which I tell you, my children what is to come. For I've placed my Holy Spirit in you to lead and guide you into all truth and to show you the things which are to come. A prophecy should only confirm for you what I've already said to you and not be new information to you who are my faithful ones. See the difference there? See the qualifier? Faithful. It should be new to you. He says this, I'm raising up an army and a people who will follow wholly after me. And I've raised up leaders who will go who will go what most won't go, who will do what most won't do, who will say what most won't say, but they're speaking my word and not their own agenda. For their only in interest, in, they're only interested in seeing the kingdom of God expand and not their own agenda. For I have called them for such a time as this says the spirit of grace. Did he say there was anything wrong with prophecy? What did he say? You can't live by prophecy alone. I know somebody said, all right, show it to me. I'm so, I knew, I know. I, okay, Lord, I heard what you said. I got you, I'm with you. I said, but you know, some people can be a little concrete cranial. So you gotta walk it out. And guess what? As a, as a as apostle and a, and a teacher, it ain't even on me whether or not you accept it or not. You can walk out the door right now, click me off right now, and guess what? You will still, it didn't change the what's going to happen in my life at all, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to change what happens in your life because now you heard. All right, last week we was talking about exposed by the light. And we talked about this in accordance to first quarter to Psalms chapter 119, 105, which says, truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway 
clear. So what is to guide me, my choices and my decisions? The shining, his shining light, a.k.a. his word is a lamp to our feet. His, his word is a lamp to our path. His word is a lamp to our feet. His word is a lamp to our, is a light to our path. The revelation of his word makes my pathways clear. You know what that does? Anybody ever been in somebody's house and they, they, and they had the sidewalk and it's nighttime and they got those little lanterns that outline the, the sidewalk. What is it? What is it set up to do? Make sure you stay on the right path. Guess what the word of God is? It's a lamp to make sure you do what? Stay on the right path. Whose path? Your path? God's path. Which one y'all think it is? Your path? How many people? Your path. How many people are God's path? All right, boy, I tell you what, y'all are so smart. Psalms 119, 130 says this, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. What did he say? Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those, and this is the qualifier, those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. Those who have open hearts will get be given insight into your plans. But what if you come, now I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. What it says in the King James Version says, the interest of your word brings light. The interest of your word brings light. Passion translation says, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. Now, let's talk about it. Prophet. If you will, to, uh, write it down. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16, verse 16. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 16, verse 16 says this, until John the Baptist, the law of Moses, which was the first five books, and the messages of the prophets were your guides. So before John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guide. But now, the good news, the good, too good to be true news about the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. So until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the prophets were your guide. That's what guided you. But now the kingdom of God is at hand. What did Jesus kept telling them? Everywhere John went, everywhere Jesus went, they had one message. Repent, change your mind, change your thinking, change your actions. Why? The kingdom of God, or God's way of doing things, is at hand. Now, if you continue to go on and read in Luke chapter 16, it will show you how the law didn't necessarily pass away. What did Jesus do? He came and he, he fulfilled it. And as you read, your law says this, but I say this. Your law says this, but I say this. I'll give you an example. The word, the, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Jesus says, but I say, if you looked at a person or had anger in your heart towards that person, you have already violated that commandment. 
So until the law, John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guide. The prophets of the, under the old covenant was different. What their function was much different than what it is in the new covenant. Old covenant, the only people who had the spirit of God upon them was prophets, kings, and priests. But when you got born again, what did you receive? The spirit that was upon them is now on the inside of you. Did y'all hear that part? The spirit that was once upon them that enabled them to prophesy is the same spirit that is now on the inside of you. Now, Hebrews chapter one, verse one says this, still reading out a New Living Translation, says this, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Who's his son? Jesus. So before he spoke to us through the prophets, but now in these final days, he's speaking to us by who? Jesus. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. How do you know that? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God and all things were created by him and without him was not anything made that was made. How did God create everything? By his word. Now, if he said in these final days, he's going to speak to us through his son, how is he going to do it? Turn with me over to John chapter 14. If I had to give this, this title, this message a title, it would be Access Denied. Access Denied. John chapter 14, verse number 15. Remember we said at the beginning, God didn't say there was anything wrong with prophecy. He said you can't live your life based off prophecy alone. And some people have, now June and I was talking about this the other day about, about this book club that she used to belong to. And when they, the, the book that, that, that they were using, I'm not gonna tell you the name of the book because I ain't trying to promote them jokers at all, but she, they was using this book and the book was supposed to be explaining about Bible things about the book of Genesis. But the book, had tweaked characters and there was no Adam in the book at all. But you're talking to brand new believers. The book was supposed to reference the Bible, but it took what the Bible said out of context and in some places omitted stuff altogether. Juwin, because she's been taught, this is how, you know, you don't take the book and try to make the Bible fit what the book says. You take the Bible and try to make the book fit what the Bible says. And if the book doesn't fit what the Bible says at any part, whoo, chuck it. But believers don't do that. 
I, how you know? Because I hear believers talk to me all the time. Did you read so-and-so's book? Did you read so-and-so's book? And you, they can quote to me left, right, and center what they said. And I say, okay, what text did they use in the Bible? Well, they had scripture in it. That's great. What text did they use in the Bible that said it's applicable for you today? And they'd like deer in the headlight. And they wonder why we keep saying, never take the word of a preacher unless he can show it to you in the word. Never take the word of an author unless he can show it to you in the word in its proper context. Can I share something else with you? The reason, what did I say there's anything wrong with a book? What did I say? You don't make the Bible try to fit what the book says. Juan said this to them about three times and the leader of the group got so irritated because she kept referencing back to the Bible, back to the Bible. I don't know, I, don't, I thought the Bible was the lamp to my feet. It was supposed to be a light to my path, at least that's what it says, to help me make choices and decisions. I could be watching a YouTube video. I could be listening to a podcast. Hold it, hold it, hold up. Pause. That is not true. Guess what I do? Anybody want to guess? When I hear that, I cut it off. In fact, one time I went back to try to listen to it again. And my lovely was like, why are you doing that to yourself? The whole time you're like, that's not true. That's not a lie. What Bible school did you go to? What Bible are you read? Did you read your Bible? But most believers, I'm going to use a swear word. I'm going to use a swear word. Though. I'm going to use a swear word. Y'all ready for it? It starts with an L, ends with a Y, has a Z near the Y, and it's followed by A. Most believers are lazy, and they want to be spoon-fed. It's easy that way. Let you study. Let you, let you get all the revelation. Just come and feed it to me. I didn't say that. God said that to me last week. And I didn't say it last week. So he told me this week, go back and tell him. <laughs> Most believers are lazy. But you know who's not lazy? Your adversary. You know who else ain't lazy? His components. And they diligent about their stuff. We get upset. We get mad for a second. And then, okay, Lord. All right, Lord. Do your thing, Lord. Do your thing. God says, I'm, you, I'm sending you. No, Lord. The battle was not mine. This the Lord. He's like, yeah, that's great. But did you read the rest of that story? Even though I told him that, I still told them, go and do this. Did you notice that they didn't come up with their own solution to the problem? Anybody notice that out of that story? Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. They didn't come up with their own story. God says, I need you. The battle's not yours, it's mine. They, they received a rhema word. Now, tomorrow, go down and do this. They didn't just hear a word. It told, God told that them what you are supposed to do in your situation. Does the same situation that, that God gave Doug about his situation, will it work in your situation? Not if that's not the key God told you to use. I, I'm, we're a living example. We came, from Ottawa, we came from Toronto, came to Ottawa. We packaged up what they said would work, that should work 
in Toronto, I mean, work in Ottawa because it worked in Toronto and it's worked in Detroit and it's worked here and it's worked there. It should work here in Ottawa. Guess what happened? It did not work. And you know what we told him? It's not going to work. But you know what? No, it can work. You ain't doing something right. And I hear the same thing right now when I hear believers. And I'm telling you, this is what God says, how you handle this situation. That's not going to work. That's going to take too long. We need it to happen now. These people, it, it, it. How does How does Jesus speak to you today? By the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> By the word. And when you're reading the word. Who's going to give you understanding about what it is you're reading? The Holy Spirit. You said, prove it. Thank you, Doug. I am going to prove it. John chapter 14, verse 15 says this. If you love me, it's Jesus talking. If you love me, obey my commandments. What's his commandments? Love others just as I have loved you. Did it say just people in your family? Did it just say believers? It says love others just as I have loved you. Anybody ever failed that test? Don't raise your hand in the house a lot. You be, and don't say, I ain't never failed that. I, I'm, I'm always a pastor. No, you ain't. You, you failed that test when you walked through the door. You failed that test when you said something smart to your wife last night. You used to fail that test when you told your husband, I ain't cooking you nothing. 15. Turn over to the New Living Translation. Yeah, right, right. New Living Translation says this. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or comforter who will never leave you. He, who is the advocate he's talking, or the comfort he's talking about? The Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. How many truths does he lead you into? All truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now and later he will be in you. Where's the Holy Spirit if you're born again? In you. He's in your spirit. And what did it say the Holy Spirit is going to do? It's going to lead you into all truth. Doesn't that sound a whole lot like your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It leads me in the way that I should go. And verse number 20, verse number 26 says this. But when the father, talk about God, Jehovah sends the comforter, as my representative. So what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is Jesus' representative. Where And what is he going to do? That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Who's going to do that? The Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit at? In you. Now, verse John chapter 16, verse 13 says this. When the spirit of truth comes. 
So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who will only lead and guide you into all truth. Can the Holy Spirit lie? So if you lie, are you being led by the Holy Spirit? If you exaggerate, are you being led by the Holy Spirit? If you omit information out of your conversation, are you being led by the Holy Spirit? How did, how did he say, how did the Bible say in the latter days? He was going to lead you by the Holy Spirit. You can walk out here today with your jaw so tight, like you ate 12 bags of lemon. Guess what? I still love you. Don't bother me at all. I got the, you know what? The word, first thing God says, it takes a free man to free a man. And you can't be in bondage to people if you're going to do what I called you to do. It says this. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Did y'all hear that part? He will tell you about the future. Pause and think about that for a second. Quarter 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, when prophecy comes, it should bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. What's the spirit of prophecy? A testimony of Jesus Christ. He will bring me glory by telling you whatsoever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit is the one who's supposed to be leading you and guiding you into all truth. Why? Because you don't know everything you're supposed to do. You don't know every, all this. You don't know, have all the facts or even on the stuff that you're talking about. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. This is what the father said when I, when I was studying with him, spending time with him this morning. He says, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. And he says, and they're destroyed for their lack of knowledge. He said, not because knowledge isn't available to them, but they openly reject it. Openly reject it. He says, so I want you to sh share this with them. I'm like, okay, cool. Romans chapter eight, verse 14 says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. All who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Why did he get with the Pharisees and Sadducees? What did he call them? He says, you are of your father, the devil. Why? Because they would not believe on him. And they wanted to kill him and take him out. Why? Because he, he spoke something that did not line up with the way that their, their own way of thinking, their own way of believing. I haven't even gave you my opinion because my opinion is whatever the word says. 
That is my opinion. I, I repent. I did give you my opinion. My opinion is whatever the word says. You don't even have to agree with it. But I don't take it like you, you're re, uh, rejecting me. You're rejecting what the word says. That's between you and God. I love you. Love people. I love you enough to tell you the truth because the father says, I love you. And because I love you, I chasten those or correct those who I love. Why do you need to make the Why do you need to make the adjustment? Because I know what's going to happen after today. And if you ain't made the adjustment, you're going to be lost in the sauce because the ship's going to be moving forward. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, let me show you, let me show you something in the past, and I'm going to show you something that Jesus said today. The prophet Hosea, people said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why in the world did that even fit into what it is you're saying anyway? Well, because the, the, the full context of what it is that he said starts off this way. Verse number one out of Hosea chapter one. Uh, Hosea chapter four, verse one, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, which says, listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel, or O Canadians, or O Ottawans, or O Quebecans, or whatever you, wherever you're at. For the Lord has a, a case against the inhabitants of the land. Why does he have a case that contentious against the inhabitants of the land? He says, because there is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. They're swearing, deception, murder, stealing, and adultery. They employ violence so that, so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore, land mourns and land mourns, and everybody who lives in it languishes <clears throat> against along with the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky, and also the fish of the sea disappear. Yet let no one find fault. What did God say? Let no one find fault, or, or and let none offer reproof, for your people are like those who contend with the priest. In other words, don't be pointing fingers at other people, because I just told you what the problem is. The problem is, is that there is... No faithfulness, there is no kindness or knowledge of God in the land. Four. Four one. New American Standard Bible. That's what Hosea said in his time, right? Hosea four and six. Hosea four and one. One through four. Then verse six. Now, that's what Hosea said, right? Let's see what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, I'm reading out of the passage, Passion Translation. This is what he said. He says, for nation will rise against nation. He's talking about the disciples asked, what will be some of the signs of when you're returning? What is going to be some of the signs when the age is going to end? Jesus said, we're going to start at verse four. He says, for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places, there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you 
to tribulation <clears throat> and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many, at that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Many false prophets will arise and mislead any. But the people I'm listening to, they are sound. They, I mean, they're giving scriptural verses and everything, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? If if I'm talking to if I'm talking to Juan about something that Juan is really interested in, and I can give her scriptural verses, whether I take those verses out of context or not, it's something that's right up her alley. But what if that same person came back and, and I got a word of correction from that person? Ah, they must have missed God. They must have been off that day. It says, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness will increase, is increased, most people's love will grow cold. So that's the, that's the situation that's going to be going on, right? But what does he say? But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved, healed delivered, made whole, set free. What else is supposed to happen during this time? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in, all, in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end of this age will come. All this stuff is going to be going on. He, he never, Jesus said this. This, this is not just somebody who got it Secondhand, Jesus was the one that said, he said, but what you, what is going to be the solution? Preach the kingdom. Preach the kingdom as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, one of the things you will notice about Matthew chapter 24 is when all these famines and pestilence and earthquakes and all this stuff is going on, People are going to get caught up in their emotions. <clears throat> People are going to get caught up in emotions. Now, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, reading out of Passion Translation says this. Do you want to be a mighty warrior? It's better to be known as one who is patient and slow to anger. Do you want to conquer a city? What does he say? Rule over your temper before you attempt to rule over a city. So if you don't have any rule over your temper, he will not put you in a place to rule over a city. Why? Because your emotions will have you up one day and down the next. Up one day and down the next. What Did God give us emotions? Absolutely. Did he say for us to be led by our emotions? Absolutely not. What, what's, the, what's the big deal about emotions? Well, the definition for emotions in accordance to the Webster's 1828 definition says this, emotions, emotions means to remove from. Your emotions can cause you to move from 
the place that God told you to build, or move towards something he told you to stay away from. Emotions, literally a moving of the mind or soul, hence by agitation of mind or excitement of sensibility. So when you are led by your emotions, you are being led by, you are sense led. You are being led by your flesh. Cause how did God say we, he leads us? By the Holy Spirit. God doesn't lead us by news channels. God doesn't lead us by clips. God doesn't lead us by this and God doesn't, he doesn't lead us back that way. He leads you by his Holy Spirit. Yes, you got the information. Okay, Father, I heard what it is that they say, show me in your word. Holy Spirit, show me in the word. Show me in, 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 in the Bible where it says, talks about this or, or how am I supposed to respond to that? I heard what it is that they say, but give me, you know, hey, this this is what this is what the official said, and that doesn't line up with your word. Father, what is your word? What as a citizen in the kingdom of God, what do I say concerning that? Did Jesus talk about everything? Did he have a comment about everything? Remember when Jesus, when he found out about John the Baptist, his cousin, was beheaded. He was sad. But when he seen the people, he was, what was the sadness set up to do? Move him away from his assignment. But what happened? He was, he was filled with compassion. And what did he do? He went and ministered to the people. His emotion would have led him away from his assignment. But Holy Spirit filled him with compassion. And he went and ministered to the people. Now, you can, people can hear this and they can make up their mind, I don't care what they say, this is what I'm gonna do. And you can do it. But God says, you are now responsible if you didn't think you was responsible for, this is a wake-up call. You are now responsible for the words that come out of your mouth. You are now responsible for the st stuff that you share with other people. You are now responsible for the, oh, that's good. Hold on for a second, because I got one more, I got another piece I got to give you, and then we're going to stop. Well, two. There's something going on, it's been going on in the world, but I see it even happening in the church. It's called sensationalism sensationalism which is the presenting of facts or stories in a way that is intended to produce strong feelings of shock anger and excitement it's happening you cut on the news they have all these little buzzwords that try to get you excited to move you to get you led to be uh, led away in your own emotions but I even see people do it in church. They get excited. They all moving all over the place. Woo, woo. And, I, and, and, they, and they think the louder they get or the more, you know, dogmatic about it that they get, the more their point becomes true. It's not. 
Sensationalism, again, is the presenting of facts or stories in a way that is intended. The, 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 the usage of sensationalism is used to produce feelings of shock, anger, and excitement. Prime example is it racism. Being, a, being a, a, a young brown male, people say all the time, you know, you know, black people this, black people, whitey doing this, whitey doing that, whitey, this. the man said this, the man said that, the man, who the man? Cause in my mama's house, in Jack and Carl's house, it didn't make, you would never determine my outcome. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau cannot determine my outcome. Anybody sitting up in, in this house cannot determine my outcome because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God and my outcome has already be, been predetermined by almighty God when I operate as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Now, if I limit myself to what it is you say about me, then I, I have allowed you to limit me. But God says, there is no limit to you unless you put limits on me. The moment you put limits on God, the moment you have limited your own life. God, you could talk about this, but you got to stay out of this area. God, you can leave me in this area, but Lord, when it come to when I'm talking about my politics, keep your mouth shut. Holy Spirit, stay in your place. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I need you on Sunday between 9.30 and 11. But at 11.01, go back in that closet until next week. People don't say they say, they don't say that out of their mouth. But he says, with your actions, that's exactly what you said. Was Jesus a liberal, Republican, conservative, NDP? Was he, was, he, uh, was he a part? What party was he in? He was not in any party. Let me ask you a question. What if, what if the Holy Spirit told you to vote for somebody who did not belong to the party that you subscribe to? Would you obey him? Holy Spirit, I ain't talking about, it's easy to sit in here and say, yes, I would. But I'm telling you, I was at that point. I need you to vote for this individual. That is not who I grew up. That party is not the party I grew up supporting. I cannot do that. Who are you, who are you attached to? The party or to me? I know people would fight you if you talk about you got to vote for some. The Holy Spirit said vote for somebody else. Can I tell you what, what's behind this uh, sensationalism? Y'all won't know. I know you do, Reed. I'm gonna tell you. Thank you. Calm your little self down. Behind the spirit of sensationalism, the Father said this: it's a form of manipulation to control the narrative and turn it in the direction that best suits your position or goals. That's why people use it in the church. That's why people use it on news. That's why people use it on their job. If I get upset or if I start crying a little bit, Julian will tell you, you can cry until your eyes are so swollen that you can't even see out of them. It doesn't move me at all. Or you can be, ooh, until, until you ain't got no voice left. Doesn't move me at all. I just listen to what the Holy Spirit said. Because he'll tell me if that's real or if that's just fa facade. Why? 
Why, if I was moved by, by emotions, then I can't be a good leader. If you're moved by emotions, you won't be a good leader. Let me tell you the other part. It's, he says that sensationalism is a form of manipulation to control the narrative and turn it in the direction that best suits your position or goals. He says it's dangerous and it is also a form of, you ready? Witchcraft and it's from the spirit of Jezebel. What's behind it? It's pride, it's self-centeredness, it's, it's selfishness, and it's greed. Last point, all contention. Everybody wanna know where all contention comes from? Y'all wanna know? I'll tell you, and that's where we're gonna stop. All contention, according to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. So if you in contentious with people, all the dab last of time, I'm going to show you where the source is. And it's go, it, you're going to be surprised because you ain't got to go that far to look. Order to uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. Wisdom opens your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth only to quarrels and strife. All contentions. Look in your Bible under the King James Version. All contention. Wherever there's contention, there's pride. So what is God saying? Hey, I'm telling you, I place within you the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all truth. I, I didn't tell you to be moved by emotions. Cause emotions will have you up one day, down another. Supporting one, something one day, not supporting things the other. He says, be led by my spirit. And stop limiting yourself to the wisdom of this world. Because the wisdom of this world will not work. Why? Because it's not set up to. But God says, I placed inside of you the CIA, the central intelligent agent, and he knows all things. And he will lead and guide you into all truth. Well, this person did this over here. It doesn't matter what they did over there. Is that what God told you to do? Well, I think it's a good idea. It doesn't matter what you think. Is that what God told you to do? Well, God tells us all certain things. It tells other people. That's a bunch of baloney. Because the first thing I'll say is, show it to me in the word where he told you to do it. Well, so-and-so said that. Heck, I don't care what I said. Take the scripture, go back and read it for yourself. I didn't take anything out of context. I didn't manipulate anything for my own benefit. But he did tell us, you got to make a decision. Who you going to roll with? Jesus says this, you either with me or you against me. But there is no in between. How do you know? Because I'm a child of God, I'm led by the Spirit of God. Because I'm a child of God, I want to keep his commandments. Because I'm a child of God, I want to, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. 
And if you ain't if you ain't retanked, re, uh, refueled your tank, man, go home, start praying in the Holy Spirit. And you got to tell your emotions. Emotions, shut up, sit down. Well, we all have emotions. We all do. Men have emotions too. It's called anger. But he never told us to be led by it. Never. Did y'all know there's no cussing in hell, in heaven? There's no cussing in heaven at all. Gee, you ain't gonna walk with mother blinking the blink mucks. Ain't none of that. So if there's no cussing in heaven, why is there cussing coming out of your mouth? Who you gonna roll with? Cause you can't roll with both. You either with 100% God. God said, somebody will share with me, you know, you either hot or you cold, but you can't be lukewarm. Cause he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. You either gonna be hot, red hot on fire for God, or you way, 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 way cold. But don't be lukewarm. Don't be a Sunday morning Christian. And wonder, I don't know why my family won't follow me. Cause you crazy. <clears throat> You like a chameleon. You change your colors, depending on what situation you're with. Who, you know who got rebuked for that? Peter did. Who rebuked him? Paul did. Because he acted one way when they was around. They, he acted a total different way when they were not. All right, I know. Who calm yourself down. I love y'all too. And you know the interesting thing about that is, is before I, the father and I have been having this conversation for a, a, a few weeks now and I'm like okay are you ready for that part not yet are you ready for it not yet I'm like okay when you ready I'm ready I'm ready are y'all ready because when you come through the doors next Sunday believing that you're coming I cut it on next Sunday you're going you're crossing over to the other side he says today you got to cross over to the other side. You can stay on the side that you're on right now and get left behind. Or you can make a decision, I'm going to do it your way, God. What's it, what did he say last week? It's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. So what we always like to do is give people to act out on the word. So right now, Father, we just lift our hands before you in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise and thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for revelation of your word. Father, show us, each and every one of us, where we need to make an adjustment in our thinking, in our speaking, in our actions. Holy Spirit, we yield totally and completely to you. We're led by Holy Spirit, not by our emotions, not by our own thinking and reasonings, but we're led by the Holy Spirit. We will preach the kingdom of God north, south, east, and west. We will make disciples. We will, we will, we will be vessels of honor used for your good works. Father, we repent of any area where we have missed it with you. We repent for any time we've ever yielded to that spirit of Jezebel. We repent where we've given in to sensationalism, pride, manipulation, intimidation, fear, selfishness, and greed. We repent before you now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Now, as far as the east is from the west so far, have you removed 
these transgressions from us. We partake of the forgiveness that Jesus made available to us through his blood. We believe we receive right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if this is your very first time and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, man, we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now in Jesus' name. How do you do that? Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, 10 says this. The word of God is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to pray with me right now. Say it from your mouth, mean it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm delivered. I believe I'm healed. And I'm whole right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, glory to God. If that was your very first time praying that prayer, we want to welcome you. Welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into the body of Christ. Also, we want to uh, offer you this opportunity that if you need to get some information on what to do next, what to do next, man, send us an email at info at ignitedepot.com. That's info at ignitedepot.com, and we'll get that information to you. Beginning next month, next month, starting on the first Sunday of May, we will be starting our, our it's called Growth Tracks, and Growth Tracks is what do you do after you get born again? What do you do after you uh, become a member of Ignite Depot? We have four different steps. The first step is where you become as a member. The second part is where you discover your design. The, fourth, the third step is where you actually discover your leadership. And fourth is where you join the team. So starting May, I believe the first Sunday in May, it'll be every first, second, third, and fourth Sunday of the month, we will be having growth track classes, the Ignite growth track classes. If you want more information, go to our website at ignitetolife.com. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today uh, in the name of Jesus. And we say this to you. We love you. God loves you. This is the first day of, well, last night was the first day of Passover as we're rep, uh, recognizing the Passover. Uh, once we get off of here, we're going to continue on with uh, communion and we'd love to see you in person. Uh, as always, my name is Apostle Milton Jones on behalf of Juin and the entire family here at Ignite Depot. We want to thank you for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you.